I'm thankful for our study materials, although it's been very, very heavy. It's been heavy. And the heaviness will continue this morning. It's needed. Um, it's something that um, the Lord calls us to do and to talk about and to think about, but it's heavy. Um, the topic of abuse. And we're going to consider the last topic this morning on spiritual, actually the way the report uh, states it, is the misuse of spiritual authority. That's the way it's described. I feel a little bit disorganized somewhat this morning, so forgive me if, if, uh, if it is. Perhaps it won't be. We'll see how it goes. Um, uh, thankful to again to see everyone this morning. We've got some visitors. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Sorry to call you out. I know you probably don't want that, but welcome to the Kings over here. And then um, uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And the way, the way I set it up was uh, I wanted you to hear exactly from the committee, from the General Assembly from last year. It's about a five-minute clip on YouTube. Uh, and then we will think about, um, or we will go through together, this particular section from the DASA, that's short for domestic abuse, what is it short for? Yeah, domestic abuse and sexual assault. And for those of you, I think everyone may have been in the, in the class at one point or another over the next over the last few weeks, but for those of you that haven't, the Presbyterian Church in America has tackled this timely topic of various forms of abuse within uh, congregations and within the church, and um, this is what we are studying and learning from, having already discussed, uh, laid the foundation sort of uh, theologically and biblically and from our confession, Westminster Confession, um, then working into uh, sexual abuse, child abuse, and now this section will be on the misuse of spiritual authority. So uh, one more sidebar comment. Uh, we're praying that our land will close in the next I don't know, a few weeks, I guess. Hopefully sooner than that. All the things are lined up, Lord willing, and it will. And one of the things I look forward to, although we're very thankful for our facilities here, very thankful, don't get me wrong, but it will be nice when we have a, an environment where we're somewhat more intimate, not quite as scattered, and a little more conducive to teaching and thinking and learning together. But that's in the future, Lord willing. So let's go to him in prayer now as we, we think about our topic this morning. Father, we do come to you. We come to you with um, um, matters that are, are very serious and very, very painful and that expose our hearts, that expose sin that show to us clearly the need for sanctification and for a Savior 
and for one who would take upon himself the penalty that we all deserve because we are all sinners. We are thankful for Jesus. We look to Him on this Sabbath day, this glorious, sunshiny, beautiful day, knowing that You love us and that You care for us to the degree that we really can't, can't fully comprehend. So help us in just a few minutes today, Lord, to learn and think about the purity of Your church and the pure gospel the pure truth, the pure goodness, the pure light and love that You are for us. May we rest in it. May we cease striving and rest in Your goodness. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. So, as we've already discussed, uh, the last um, couple of general assemblies ago, which is the the gathering of our denomination, Presbyterian Church in America, the highest court of the church, gathered and said we need to address these topics of abuse from a, from a broad church-wide standpoint. So they pulled together a committee that's already, we've already looked at that. It had Rachel Dallander on it and other notable people, very eminent and qualified people. This is the delivery of the report last year in Birmingham, and I've just pulled out a five-minute segment on the misuse of spiritual authority. You'll hear the overview, Heath, if you can play it. Good morning, commissioners. You wrap yes. up that. I'm Kelly Daynard. I'm from the Rocky Mountain West, where it is much cooler and drier. That is high as it goes. First, I want to thank the General Assembly for establishing this committee, and then I want to thank the committee. It has been such an incredible pleasure. We've had such great fellowship as a committee, and the expertise, I've learned much from these colleagues. The prophet Ezekiel wrote to the leaders of God's people 600 years before Christ, said, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. Ezekiel records a scathing rebuke to those who failed to shepherd the flock using abusive, authoritarian, and manipulative leadership in Jesus' church. The sixth section of the study report is entitled The Misuse of Spiritual Authority. This section provides description of God's heart for leadership in His church. Those who desire to lead desire a noble task. It is clear in Scripture that to lead in Christ's church is to lead under Jesus' authority by His guidance 
and in humility befitting a servant. We as leaders are told by Jesus, along with his disciples in John 13, to stoop down and wash the feet of God's people, not be served by them. This section of the report also provides a diagnosis of the type of abuse in leadership that is hurtful and damaging to the peace and purity of the church. An abuser of church authority aims to solidify his power, his prestige, and his gratification. He will misuse scripture and manipulate the victim's desire to please God and his or her leader. Victims of this type of leader suffer shame, confusion, and spiritual doubt, just as the people of Israel did during Ezekiel's time. And many have left the church. Abusive leaders do not respond in humility to rebuke. They shift the blame for their own failures. They humiliate and isolate those who confront them and often demand conformity to non-biblical standards. They require honor and respect, but do not earn it. They ignore our confessional standards on leadership. As a committee, we have heard many accounts of this kind of leadership in our PCA churches. It is deeply, deeply grieving. We know that few enter leadership and ministry with the intent to abuse their authority that they have been given, but that temptation lurks in the hearts of men. Our denomination should desire leadership that conforms to the qualifications given by the Apostle Paul but we have often failed to adequately protect the sheep from the type of shepherds that Ezekiel described. We've often been distracted by gifted and visionary leaders who in the end simply create division and crush and oppress our members. Our courts owe it to our flocks to be vigilant and courageous in considering carefully the scriptures and our confessional standards, to study and to identify abusive leadership, and hold shepherds who abuse the authority entrusted to them by Jesus Christ accountable to those standards. Thank you for your desire to make our churches places of safety and love for the growth of our members. Thank you. So that'll give you, I gotta strap all this back on. That'll give you uh, a sense and an overview and a summary, by the way, I'm so, Told you I felt disorganized. This uh, this is the this is the associated little uh, pamphlet that goes along with this section of the report. But three things there to point out that he touched on, and then one example that 
I'm looking at right now. Uh, first of all, um, and I've, I've stated this to teaching elders, it's not just teaching, it's leadership of any kind. We're not just talking about the, the teaching of the ruling elders of the deacons or the ordained offices of the church, but, but leadership filtering all throughout the church. I've stated this specifically in conversations with, with my brother teaching elders. If you only... And do you, do you, I guess I'll put it in form of a question. Do you understand the authority that you are representing when you interact with your, your, your congregation? Because a heart that is wanting to please the Lord is very, very um, sensitive to the manner in which they are being communicated with, instructed, taught, or interacting with the spiritual representative of a congregation. Does that make sense? In other words, a pastor or a teaching elder or a spiritual authority has the potential to impact greatly the hearts of those whom they're involved with. So understanding, it is very, very, very profound. And the handling of that authority is very crucial to the growth and to the uh, nurture of people's souls unto salvation. People, this is life and death. This is, this is, the, these things are of eternal consequence. So that when spiritual authority is misused in the context of the church and in the context of a faithful um, believer, when it's misused, the consequences are devastating. They, they, they can be devastating. And, and I'm, I don't want to understate it at all. So, so that's that. And then the man just said on, the, on the, the YouTube video that no one enters that position really, probably, although some may, but not, it's not the norm to enter that position uh, intending or seeking to, to maliciously um, misuse that authority. But that, what did he say? That temptation lurks in the heart of every man and every leader. That temptation lurks in every one of our hearts and we must be on guard uh, for that temptation. That's the, that's the second thing. And then the third thing, just thinking about it from a, from a broader church point of view, I'm, I'm serving this cycle on what's called the Review of Presbytery Records. And we have to review the Presbytery's records 
um, their minutes from various presbyteries across the country. There are 88 presbyteries, I believe, in our denomination, and our, my little read team is assigned three of them. Two of them have cases of the misuse of spiritual authority in the church and the wreckage that is created therefrom. Thank God, as Sean mentioned last time, that we do have in our uh, system of, of governance and courts that we believe to be the biblical pattern of governing God's church, that there are methods by which accountability is applied. But that is dependent upon faithful uh, teaching and ruling elders and church uh, members to actually apply it. It doesn't work if you don't apply it or not sensitive to it. So, the misuse of, of spiritual authority. Are we on the, are we on the um, slides now? Do I get to advance them or do you? <laughs> I don't know how to do it. So, uh, so you know, part of this topic is it's, it's hard to get good graphics out of this thing. You know, you're looking at a report that's this thick and it's all words and you can't, there's no pictures. So I've got to have some pictures. So I just threw some up on the screen there. Uh, that's the report on the left. That's what you're looking at. Very important, not minimizing it, but it's, it's quite a lift to, to absorb it. The committee's on the right, and then the website, dasa.org, I believe is what it's called, is on the bottom left there, just for, uh, just for background. But as we go forward, um, let us um, recall that, that all these topics are abu of abuse are rooted in the ethical teachings of uh, the larger cow, Westminster Larger Catechism, found that, which are expositing or exposing the Ten Commandments. So our standards are, are speaking to and commenting on uh, the Ten Commandments. And this is going to be very text-heavy. Um, but uh, in that first, uh, first question there, what are those uh, aggravations that make some sins more heinous than others? And setting aside the, the topic of abuse for a moment, well, not setting it aside, but but thinking about the, the thought that our confession teaches that some sins are worse than others. They are more heinous than others. Some have a, 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 an impact that is far more profound than others. That's not to excuse any of them. They're all worthy of condemnation. And any sin, any transgression of God's law is uh, uh, a transgression of God's law. But the impact of it, and this, so we go to this topic of abuse, whether it's sexual or child or, mis, or a, a spiritual abuse, the, the, the implication there that these are impacts of profound nature. What was it that was said, I think it was last Sunday, when Sean uh, quoted the scripture? What is, if someone causes one of these little ones to sin, what? It's better they be a millstone be thrown, put around their neck, and they be um, cast down. We won't go through with that. Just the idea that in, in when you look at the larger catechism, that's in question one fifty one about some sins being more grave than others. The next one on question going backwards, question one thirty. Next slide. Um, 
The confession speaks of inferiors and superiors. Now that uh, language might be a little jarring to us because we want, in our, our day, we're going to say inferior. What do you mean inferior? The, the confession in 17th century language is simply uh, pointing out the relationship of, of those who have authority or those who have more authority than, than others. Or the, for instance, or, and, and it all comes out of which commandment? Well, which is? Yes, honor your father and mother. That sets out the, 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 the uh, authority uh, over, in this case, parent over child, but extrapolates, and I don't know if you can see, see that up there, um, it extrapolates into bosses and employees or the governing body and the governed and all of these hierarchical relationships that exist in life uh, and can't be done away with. So, that in the case of spiritual authority, there, is, there are those within the church who are t- teachers and preachers and leaders and um, and they are guiding, and, she- and, and the, la- the biblical language is that of a shepherd and sheep. And we've already said in one of our classes not too long ago, that sheep are really, really stupid. I've had sheep. You've had sheep. They are super stupid. They have to have a shepherd. And a good shepherd, there are good shepherds, and there are bad shepherds. Good shepherds care for the sheep. Bad shepherds bully them, push them around, beat them, treat them harshly, force them into submission. This is, this is the biblical uh, imagery of it. So that we go uh, to the next slide. Um, uh, I'm hoping you can read some of that. Now typically when we think of spiritual misuse of spiritual authority, we go, we go to the extremes. You know, David Koresh. Have y'all watched the Waco documentary, the new one on Netflix or whatever it's on? It's pretty, pretty incredible. Or we go to, uh, what's the other one up there? Jim Jones. Y'all, some of y'all are way too young for Jim Jones, but go back and look at Jim Jones and Guyana. That Those are the notorious big-time extremes. But it can happen in a microcosm of a little congregation just like Christ's covenant church. Um, there has been recently over the, uh, over the past decade, the ongoing, or 15 years, the ongoing crisis in the Roman Catholic Church. It's all around, uh, it typically is revolving around sexual abuse, but that sexual abuse is coupled with a spiritual authority um, misusing all of the things the guy just said on the committee, misuse of, mishandling of Scripture, pride, own lusts, own temptations, and twisting and manipulating in ways that cause um, the... Uh, the heinous abuse that has occurred. But it's not just in that group. Sean's already mentioned uh, it's a big deal now in the Southern Baptist Convention there's all that stuff swirling around. But it's in every, it's in every group because you know why? Sin is universal in the heart of people. 
and it occurs. And thus we must be ever on our guard and understanding of, um, of these things. So, here we go. Next slide. Uh, this, this, by the way, this is straight out of the report. We'll just go through, through it uh, rather quickly. Spiritual abuse manifested by any or all of the following. Emotional, psychological manipulation based on Scripture. Uh, physical and sexual assault, which we've covered. Financial exploitation. We see that uh, in the headlines all the time. By the way, there's a podcast I listen to. It's called Ministry Watch. Uh, commend it to you. It's quite good. Uh, he's a guy who styles himself as a sort of a watchdog. Uh, he used to write for World Magazine. He's sort of a watchdog over ministries. And he, he uh, tracks and identifies and tracks <clears throat> um, corruption uh, in church bodies. And uh, constantly financial stuff going on. Somebody has an investment opportunity and they hook up all their good trusting Christian friends and all the people, you know, the widows lose all their life safe. It's common. It's all the time. So it's their financial exploitation, haughty, manipulative, demeaning, humiliatory, accusative, belittling, shaming, and or other behavior. Um, uh, accounting for that. Intimidation, coercion, demand for conformity, and non-biblical standards. Manifested by those things. Um, and you can go down to the second paragraph from the bottom. The victim, the victim of this kind of abuse typically will suffer shame, confusion, spiritual doubt, negative impact on God's character, all sorts of those things. So if you've ever, uh, if you've ever been talked, uh, talked down to or, um, let me make it stronger, if you've ever been criticized by a spiritual authority, it will go right there if you're faithfully seeking to serve and please Christ and someone you look up to. And it occurs. It occurs. Uh, and perhaps some of you have, have experienced that thing. Uh, the next slide. Uh, this is, this is, some of this is going to be self-evident. Um, uh, the requirements of leadership, he already mentioned in and various, he cited Timothy, uh, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, gentle, self-aware of one's own failings, uh, struggling to pursue holiness and so forth, not dominating, harsh, or uncaring. By the way, let me back up to the podcast. Uh, have y'all listened to, here, here's, a, here's the poster child, I guess, of, of, <laughs> of misuse of spiritual authority. Who am I speaking of? Yeah. Who said Driscoll? Yeah, back. What did you say? Mars Hill. Uh, Mars Hill and Driscoll. Both right answers. Mark Driscoll. Mars Hill. Uh, have y'all listened to that podcast? You better look it up and listen. It's done by Christianity Today. It describes the environment. You, 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 people know what Mars Hill is? 
the big mega church in Oregon, Mark, sorry, Seattle, sorry, Washington, somewhere up there. It's all the same. All those, it's, it's up in that corner. <laughs> uh, he started out with a little house group of people, and this church grows to, you know, whatever it is, four or 5,000 people, and then they have satellite campuses all throughout the Northwest. And he's the man, and he preaches, and he's, he's, the, he's the preacher, and he's reformed, and he's responsible for a lot of, in many ways, the uh, welcome, Katie. We're glad you could make it. Um, he's responsible for a lot of uh, um, resurgence of, um, of reformed thought in many ways. But in his, in his leadership circles, it was get on the bus or get out, uh, anger, temper, control, media, and you can, so, so to, to the degree, and by the way, he's not the only one, who, who, else is, who else has been subject to this? The guy at Willow Point in, up there at Chicago, or Willow, Willow, Willow Creek, uh, a number of them. You start getting into the, that kind, not in every case, but the, the, you, you begin having to manage reputation, public perception, and all of these things will, will float to the top, whether it's a church or not. Um, I don't know where I was. I think I was keying off of not domineering, harsh, or uncaring, and Driscoll came, comes to mind. Look the podcast up and, uh, and watch it. All right. Uh, next slide, we've already done that one, but let's go to the, the, go back, go back. As opposed to Christ's example, how does Christ exercise his authority? How do we see him exercise his authority among his, those he's seeking to minister to? And give me a specific example. He washes, he's washing feet. I mean, we could, we could camp there. Washing nasty, dirty feet. Feet. They stink. They got, any of you got bad toenail fungus? I guarantee you they had it around. He's washing. I'm not joking. It's, it's nasty. That's what Jesus does. What else? He is on a cross. That is his love for us. He's bleeding and dying for your redemption. He's not haranguing. He could. He's not putting his foot down. He could. That's the Jesus we serve. So it is that when we, as a group of people, serve in our various functions in the church, we are servants. We're servants. And we're imperfect servants, big time. Nonetheless, 
we are called to serve. To the point at which, or to, to the point to which, are we willing to lay down our life? Or are we seeking to preserve our life? So, spiritual authority. Go to the next one. Uh, I, you can't read that little t- fall print. It's just calling out various places in the Bible. He, it, Jim, I didn't know he was going to quote Ezekiel in here. He quoted it in the sermon, and then the man quoted it on the YouTube video. Um, uh, the uh, uh, top thing there, you know, we all want charismatic leaders, do we not? We want somebody easy to follow. We want, you know, there's an operative word in our circles, and I don't like it. I never have liked it. I don't like it. Y'all can rebuke me later for not liking it. Tell me I should like it. I do not like, I never have liked it. The word winsome. You know, it's this word that we need to have this winsome, nice, flowing, easily. Let me tell you. There are a lot of people in the Bible who weren't very winsome. Some of them couldn't even talk. In fact, God shuts the mouths of some. So they can't talk for a season. Charisma is nice to have. And it's a gift, and I don't want to diminish it. We sure don't want uh, unnecessary awkwardness. We don't want that. But we should be... We should thank God for those gifts, but we should not idolize them. We're not in show business. We're not, you know, we're not charmers. We want to be nice. We want to be loving. We want, but we need to appreciate people's gifts that don't really conform to the way the world sees winsome, beautiful, happy, smiley people. You, know, you with me? This is, the top, this is in the report. Uh, may be charismatic, charming, or particularly gifted at preaching, etc., etc. Um, and they can be. Um, and sometimes, when that kind of abuse is occurring, those in the circle around that person will guard them, will protect, will push back on any, any accusation or any uh, hint of... Uh, Perhaps misusing spiritual authority. Okay. Uh, let's let me catch up to where I am. Now, the next, is, next section is going to be a um, list of uh, a lot of things uh, that would characterize this type of, uh, this type of um, misuse of spiritual authority. Distorted review, and you can read them. I, I won't touch on them all. You can scan those. Um, uh, Exclusivity language, I'll point that out. Abusive leader may be the leader's way is the only way to do things. Everybody else is wrong and misguided. Culture of fear and shame. Uh, Dependence, promoting dependence and not independence. We don't want people to, people need to grow up and be able to stand on their own two feet not be dependent upon another uh, for their emotional health, uh, um, uh, demand blind servitude of followers. Next slide. 
um, you'll see the, the highlighted images there, highest image, denial of damage control, willfulness. Now, some of those are very, 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 very extreme and very obvious. Some of those are more, more subtle. Uh, and in terms of someone who has been impacted by this, um, we've already said create difficulty uh, because it causes one to doubt their own perceptions. Well, um, if, if this is the, the man of God, so to speak, and I'm this, and I'm being crippled, what is this message that's coming at me? What am I hearing? What am I... This is confusing. I don't know. Um, that would be the, the posture of uh, the victim. They may be paralyzed as they struggle how to respond. Um, you can go on down with, with some of that um, language there. Question in reality. Well, I give him the benefit of the doubt. They're more educated than me. They have more qualifications than me. Just what I say really show up in the light of that um, on down. So this is, this is the way, that pointing out the last sentence, the flaws in the fabric of an institution can become toxic over time, therefore both egregious failings and mundane concerns must be dealt with. Next slide is the last slide. Is uh, some of the most charming, likable leaders are the most adept at hiding uh, this kind of behavior. You read on down through there, solo confrontation, gaslighting, verbal attacks, threat, blaming the victim, and so forth. Now, the report ends... Um, well, let me just stop there. Any before I tell you how the re report ends, any thoughts, questions, thinking? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, it, Jesus was at times harsh, but it was not with those he was seeking to um, shepherd. Thank you. Yes. It's a great question. Uh, so I'll refer back to the example on the on the review of Presbyterian Records Committee. I'm reviewing reviewing this case uh, and what they did, and they dismissed him from the ministry in this particular case. That's the ultimate uh, penalty or discipline is to be removed from the role. You're not fit to be a minister in the church. Uh, and there are other, you know, that's the, that's the far extreme. There are other, t you need to take a step back. You need to take a, take a leave, uh, enter into a time of reflection and counseling and all. There's all manner of a, that, and per perhaps you can be restored in, in the future. Uh, but the ultimate penalty would be dismissal. That's a great question, uh, and you may have to help me with this because you've been deeper into the report probably than I have. Sean's always deeper into everything than I am, everything. Um, the duty to report is there. 
if, there, if a law has been broken. Yes. So in the case of a sexual uh, abuse or physical abuse, the duty is to report to a secular, to the governing authority if a crime has been committed or if a law has been broken. Or if you suspect a law has been broken, the duty is to report. Now, in a case like this, you know, there's no law against being an ogre, lording it over people. Uh, but there is a, a reporting procedure, process and procedure that should, be, should go to the session first. It should be investigated. Victims should be believed. Now, um, it doesn't mean that there needs to be a fair hearing, I guess we should say. Just as the proverb says, one, if, if one person says a thing, that seems to be right until the other person states their case. So all that has to be aired out in fairness in that kind of hearing. Yes? That is a great question. Can you answer it? And those things have occurred. There have been, you know, just like our slides, sometimes you get a kind of an insular protecting environment and a, a victim can't penetrate the wrong word, can't be believed, or is not believed, or, or pushed away, or, or it's not that bad. Anyway, those, those issues have come up and it's had to go to another level like that. Y'all have really, really good questions. You want to answer that? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. So, a victim of any kind of abuse, including spiritual authority, the misuse of it, requires tender, loving, and competent care. Uh, and that may come in the form of of enveloping them in a healthy group, placing them, directing them to, um, befriending in ways that have steady, uh, guiding, loving friendship and connection. Uh, really the only, the, uh, um, perhaps there's a, a teaching component involved. Uh, you've, been, you've been misinformed, you've been mistreated. Uh, what, what you've been told is not true, and this is true, that kind of redirection and counsel, all of those things. So it's loving, caring, shepherding. I mean, there's not a, there's not a law to resort to. We can't prosecute them and get, get that type of justice, so it's, it's more restorative and redirecting loving and caring. That's what the paper would direct us to. Would you add any? Anybody add anything to that? Um, assuring a person, no, you're not crazy. Um, you 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 do have you know reinforcing proper proper perceptions of what has occurred, and then caring for it after that. Okay. Uh, so it's time. Um,
The topics have been heavy over the last few weeks. This is one of them. We have tried to summarize, and we've only summarized, uh, what, the, what the report says. Uh, I think you said you posted it on the Faith Life app, and then there's this website which breaks it down in a colorful graphic way, which is easier for me to digest, dasa.org. Um, let's pray that the Lord spares us from these things. And don't think we're immune. But let's pray that He spares us from these things. And that He would uh, direct our paths as we seek to be faithful to Him. Father, we, we have talked about these, these troubling things, these uncomfortable things, these ugly things. But Lord, we confess that were it not for your salvation, were it not for your redemption, were it not for your love and care for us, that we would be likewise so marred. So Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that His love for us, Your love for us, Your mercy, Your Holy Spirit, Your caring and Your comfort is available to us. Not only available that You have pressed it upon those who believe, and You're seeking to do so. Father, help us turn to You. Help us rest in You this Sabbath day. Remind us that all of these things will be made right. That you will bind up the wounds of those who have been abused. That you will redeem all the years that the locusts have eaten. And we can look to that in hope and confidence and goodness even in our weakest moment. Help us to do it this day and all the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.